by Michael Stevens from the Maple Leaf Hot Stove, one of the best Maple Leaf sites uh, in the world. And I can say that because it is, in fact, true. Michael, welcome. Um, we haven't chatted since before the Olympic break. And um, I guess what I was going to ask is if if somebody had not just said to you, do you think of the, the, the everyday Leaf fan, I know there's all kinds of extremes, happiness, misery, uh, when the team wins a couple, loses a couple. But right now, if somebody said to you, for starters, 68 games into the season, 14 games to go, the Leafs will have 80 points. You take that in a heartbeat. You say, no, 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 no. We need more. What's your thought? Uh, I would have, I, I would have been uh, shocked at that. I think I predicted them to uh, come in at around 90 points. Uh, and not therefore in the playoffs. Uh, no, I thought they were going to make the playoffs just because the East is so weak. So um, I thought they were going to be a wild card team. I mean, uh, yeah, if you were to say to me 68 games in or with, you know, four-fifths of the season done, uh, the Leafs are third in the East, I would not I would not believe you. I think the only person uh, who was even coming close to saying that would have been um, actually Declan Karen of Maple Leafs Hots, though, who was a lot more bullish on the Leafs' ability than certainly I was. But I'm... I was going to say, though, Mike, don't you think there's, that this is still a bit, even with the great record, isn't this still a bit illusory? Oh, no. It, I mean, the whole season has been, to an extent. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that in it, it completely, Michael, because, I mean, for all the stats, and I'm not going to get into that right now, but, but for all of the, you know, whether you call it Corsi, Fenwick, whatever the hell we're talking about, I mean, the fact is, even laymen like myself know the team gets outshot most nights, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, they have a, a sort of a sudden strike offense. The big line, unless the, the opposition focuses on them and shuts them down, on any given night they're going to produce. Leafs come from behind. They score late goals. They've had goaltending most of the year. I mean, I guess this is what I, you just asked me the question I was going to ask you. Does it even matter how they got here? I mean, yes, it always matters how a team plays, of course. But to an extent, they've proven that with their failings and flaws, and obvious ones, they're still not a bad hockey team, at least in the East, and they're beating some teams in the West, which, I'm sorry, shocks a lot of people because we have assumed for years, most of us know the East is pretty terrible, but we go, oh, well, when the Leafs play a good team, you know, they'll get their comeuppance. Well, they just went out West, and they got their hat handed to them in San Jose, but those other two games, they were full measure, I thought, for, for beating two pretty darn good teams. Oh, I, I, I think you have to give that road trip when I, I was uh, I was expecting I don't know maybe last six uh, yes I was expecting yeah, fewer less. points than they uh, than they got but uh, um, you know I uh, obviously you've got to you've got to be impressed with how they how they they respond in that they always win I mean it, it they might not be doing it the right way the way that people like the way that is visibly pretty I guess but they are winning games and they keep winning games and um, you know, we had that sort of not horrific but bad spell, not before the Olympic break, which was very good. They went like 15 games and won like 12 or something. But, the, you know, remember there was that streak where after Boland was hurt, it looked like we weren't going to come through that very well. But beyond that little blip, they basically have continued to win. We scratch our heads every morning afterwards and go, how the hell did that actually happen again? But they are doing it. So clearly they're doing something well enough to be, you just said it, what, third place overall in the East? Again, who... How many people were predicting that? So with 14 games to go, this sets up a pretty significant encounter tomorrow after, afternoon, right? 
uh, at 3 p.m. with the and Washington you, Capitals. Yeah, you and we're just going to introduce our guest who knows all about the Caps. But I just wanted to say one more Leaf-related thing quickly. Michael, Declan and you were telling me just before we went on a moment ago that Phaneuf has uh, selfishly gotten sick. He's got the flu. Uh, the guy who almost never misses a game. I mean, you guys were reminding me that this guy, other than that, the slash on his leg a couple of years ago when he did did miss a chunk of games and a suspension earlier this year, he's he has missed nada. I don't think the guy has missed hardly any action uh, in his time in Toronto. It's it's rather amazing, isn't it? He's I, I mean, he's an absolute beast. I don't know how. I mean, he gets 24, 25 minutes a night. And they're typically not easy minutes either. I mean, it's not it's not tissue soft minutes. No. And he plays a physical brand of hockey. I mean, the guy just has you know. I mean, you say this so often with with athletes, but that sense of durability, given all that he does, and you see him so regularly block a shot or or, or look labored and look in pain, and he just you know he just keeps on going through. But he is you know we use the term, but he's totally a freak of nature in uh, in a great way. Um, well, yeah. I was just going to say, and, and before we bring Peter on, I was just going to say, you know what's amazing? It makes me think, and I'll cut it off. We'll come back to this when we're, when we're finished talking with Peter. But, you know, whether it's FNUF, who a lot of people say, and probably myself included over the years on, uh, on my site, uh, whether it's FNUF or Bozak, oh, they're not a number one D-man. They're not a number one center. And maybe that's true. You know, they're not the best in the league at what they do. And, and you'd always love to have the best, you know, in the world in your lineup. But my goodness, these guys, both of them, you know, for all the detractors there have been over the years of FNUF and and to some extent, of course, Bozak, I mean, what can you say? They both show up, they play, they do their job, they play. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what else we can ask for from these guys. I mean, they, you know, they're both major contributors, obviously. Completely agree. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's uh, bring on our guest. Exactly. Let's say hello, Peter Hassett. Peter, are you with us? I am. How's it going, guys? Oh, listen, Peter, you've been on before, but I'll reintroduce for those who may not remember. Uh, Fabulous site uh, has been around, what, five years now? The Russian Just Machine about. Never Breaks, is that correct? That's correct. RussianMachineNeverBreaks.com. Okay. And, and look, I, I've been to it a number of times. It's, I, it really is a fabulous site. I mean, you're obviously capitals-focused, OV-focused. Let's start. I know Michael's got some things. Let me just ask the obvious question. Ovechkin comes back. Russian team was a flop at the Olympics. Um, but he hasn't kind of missed a beat offensively, although I did note today, I'm not a stats guy, but I did just because we're getting ready to talk to you, I looked up his, his basic course, basic stats, ton of points, lots of goals, but he's a minus like 800. Like, does anybody care in Washington <laughs> that the guy, I mean, your star should not be a minus 30, I don't think. I know he gets half his points on the power play, but what's the issue with Ovechkin? I mean, he's great offensively, obviously, but you should not be minus 30. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. Um, Plus minus, or at least like on ice goal differential, uh, it looks awful for Ovi. But I think it's more of a measure of outcomes than player talent. And I think it speaks more about what's going on with this team than what's going on with Ovi individually. I think without Alex Ovechkin putting up the massive number of goals he has just individually this season, the Caps would be absolutely atrocious. You know, bottom three in the league. I, I would I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, what's happening with him is that he's getting pretty crummy goaltending when he's on the ice, which is possibly a result of some of the defensive problems that the team's having. Sure. And the second thing that's happening is that uh, he does he's scoring all the goals uh, uh, five, five on five. Uh, his teammates, I'm not sure what the number is now, but for a long time it was under 2% shooting percentage uh, hmm. by all the guys on the ice with Ovi during five on five. So when, when Ovi scored uh, on during even strength, it was him and no one else. Uh, like uh, Marcus Johansson wasn't scoring, doesn't really take a lot of shots. Nicholas Backstrom wasn't. The defense wasn't really contributing at all. 
Uh, I think he had one or two uh, assists at even strength uh, through the first few months of the season. I think may- maybe now there may be you know four or five uh, goals wow. that have been scored during even strength that he was not himself scoring. Um, and, you're, so, and you're saying that's not a function of him not giving guys an opportunity. It's not like he's holding on to the puck, he's just shooting. It, it, guys are not either pulling the trigger or their shooting percentage. I mean, it, my, 2%, I mean, they don't let you play usually at, yeah. at, at, at that number. I think it's just a freak of the numbers. Um, the guys were taking shots. Uh, it's just that they're they're the they were not going in. So uh, you know some of that can be chalked up to a variety of factors. Uh, but when it comes down to it, uh, Ovi looks way worse going okay. by plus minus goal differential than he is himself. I think he's been. This is probably one of the best seasons of his career. No, and I, and, I buy plus that. Plus just tells us about outcomes rather than his talent. I buy that, Peter. I just had. I just wanted to ask the question. You know, I I'm hope you understand. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, the guy's a fabulous player. I love watching him play, uh, and he's certainly back to being the Ovi that we knew. You know, three, four, five years ago or whatever. I did want to ask. I don't know. I want Michael to jump in, in a second, but I do want to ask one more quick thing. Um, uh, Adam Oates, uh, behind the bench. I mean, what are we, two years now into his regime? And and if you guys beat the Leafs tomorrow, you know, you're right back in it. You're right on the bubble. If you win five in a row, like a lot of teams in the NHL, you get hot, you get cold. Right now it doesn't look good, but if, if the Caps win a few in a row, suddenly it looks rosy, they'll be in the playoffs. Is there any thought in your mind that, though if they don't get in, that Oates, like, uh, and George McPhee, for that matter, I'm sorry, remind me, if am I missing something? Is he not still around as the general manager? In no, he Washington? is. I mean, he must be the Teflon man of the of the NHL because he's still got a job after all these years. I'm not saying he's a terrible general manager. It's just generally speaking, if you've come up short that many times, ownership makes a change. So first the coach and then tell me about the general manager's longevity. Sure. Well, uh, starting with Adam Oates, um, last season was abbreviated due to the lockout, obviously. Uh, this season, the team has struggled. Um, I actually do believe that this could, if the Caps continue to struggle as they have been, and I, I think they're, they're, I'm a little bit more pessimistic about their playoff chances, um, I Understood. do think that, that uh, Adam Oates' job is on the line. Uh, I, I think there's a, a pretty good case to be made that he has been hindering this team. Um, and you know I've got this you know litany of, of I've basically got a catalog of things that I do not like that Adam Oates has done, okay. uh, or or things that like he had evidence not to do but chose to do anyway. And uh, I'm not I'm not particularly saying I have an axe to grind. I think he's done a couple things really really well. But uh, I would not be surprised if his job is on the line. Now when you get to George McPhee, I think this is his 17th year uh, as the general manager of the Capitals. He's one of the longest tenured GMs in the, in the league. Um, and with you know I think a playoff streak. I guess it's been every year since 2008. You think if that streak comes to an end this year, uh, George McPhee's contract, which is rumored to be up after the season, you know, it may not be re-upped. Not if that happens. I, I'm completely convinced he'll have a job, you know, July 2nd in in Calgary. Um, but I, I think that uh, seeing the way the way the team has eroded over the last four years, there's a there's a pretty strong sort of feeling that that Ted Leonsis and the ownership of the Capitals could could. Be ready to make a change. They're they're not happy with the way this has gone. They're they're in anguish. And I was just going to say, I'll let Michael jump in, but I was just going to say, and you mentioned Calgary because of the connection, the old connection between McPhee and Burke. I, I assume Brian Burke. Yeah. Okay, Michael. Oh, you're well, muted. I was going to ask. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what I was going to ask, yeah, that, uh, I was just actually looking at some stats um, about the Capitals. Um, well, what I was actually looking at when it uh, when it comes to the Capitals made a a lot of trades, at the, or at least we're fairly active on trade deadline day, bringing in um, Yarrow Halak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does that, 
I mean, does Halak, I guess, fix how poorly the, the Varlamov situation was handled? I mean, do you think that, that, that Yarrow Halak, who seemed to constantly have to battle for a number one position with other goalies his whole career, whether it's in Carey Price or Brian Elliott that one year, or, uh, um, but now, I mean, there's... There's, I mean, there's a there's a pipeline of, of young competitive goalies in Washington, and yet the best one you let get away. I mean, I I, I just I wonder how is that like? Does, do you think Lack features into the to the long term uh, uh, to, to to the franchise long term, or was this just to clear the deck, and was this just to try to bring in fresh blood? Good question. Uh... First, I should state that I don't think that Semyon Barlamov was the best goalie in the cap system. I, I, I still have a suspicion that Braden Holpe is the guy. Uh, and I think over the long term, we may see that his numbers are superior to uh, Semyon Barlamov. My, my bulldog is rumbling around the back here. Anyway, all right. So uh, I think Halak was brought in as a one-season rental. I really do. Um, I think what happened there is uh, Michael Neubert uh, was genuinely unhappy with his position as the, the de facto number three goalie. Uh, he didn't get a start for, I think, darn near two months when Philip Grubauer was brought up from the Hershey Bears and, and got the line's share of starts in December and in early January. He requested a trade, and at that point, George McPhee said, okay, the, the ship has sailed and I need to make a move. Uh, he had also, George McPhee, had been quoted as, as saying that the team's deep, uh, goaltending uh, has cost them a number of points. I don't think that's necessarily true, but the impression among management is that goaltending was a problem on the team. Uh, and no better goalie to bring in than the one that had traumatized his team so much in, in 2010 in that, um, that Montreal playoff series. Uh, but I, I do think that Halak's a one-year rental. Um, he's probably going to feel like the number one goalie from here down the stretch. Uh, but next season, uh, I, I expect Philip Grubauer to be brought up from Hershey and the tandem to be a whole big Grubauer in, in D.C. next season. Speaking of other additions, um, what could, I mean, we saw last night that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, who just came over, what, earlier this week or last week to join the, uh, to join the Washington Capitals, two assists um, in the game last Three night. Three assists. Three assists in the game last night, my, my apologies. Um, no, none prettier than the setup on, on Wilson's goal. That, I mean, that was amazing. Is this something where... I mean, obviously, returns are small right now, or it's, it's early days yet. If he's in Washington in October, if Kuznetsov is in uh, Washington in October, is this a playoff team, do you think? Is he worth would the overall ability, the, the extensive, like the extending depth among forwards, extending the ability to actually have power play contributors? He's pretty, that would, he also set up a nice, he set up Ovechkin's goal, or Carlson, over to Carlson to set it up. But uh, uh, he's clearly, clearly an offensive Dynamo, um, is he is 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 was he the missing piece, or do you think do you think that he could have been here since October and it would have been nothing? Uh, great question. Uh, I do not think he's the missing piece. I think he's a fantastic player, and I was I was totally impressed, but not at all surprised by what he did last night. That sort of is his his repertoire, uh, and I think he's capable of doing that uh, throughout. But the distance between this team. And the playoffs is more than just one Evgeny Kuznetsov, and and really when it comes down to it, the roster isn't that awful aside from from defense, and they have enough talent in the pipeline, uh, in, you know, in Hershey and in, in the big leagues, and you know on uh, injured reserve to actually have a playoff team. I really do think that the the team as constructed can make the playoffs regularly every season. I think the problem comes down to uh, systems, um, some defensive tactics that are that are the bigger problem. Um, that said. 
you can have a guy like Kuznetsov if, if Kuznetsov and, and Ovechkin, or uh, if Grabowski's healthy and Grabowski and Kuznetsov can build some chemistry together. I think we may find that the the team's offense may offset their defense enough to to make a difference next season. But uh, when it comes down to what's the difference between the playoffs and uh, you know, being a lottery team, it's going to be a lot more than Kuznetsov. That said, I love him. Now, I was just going to say, though, uh, Peter, could, I mean, Kuznetsov, obviously talented. Michael raised that. I, I was thinking the same thing. This is, a, this is positive news. This is a good thing for the Caps, a, 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 a tremendously talented young player. But, of course, if he's another uh, Semin, you know, Semin was a tremendously talented player. And, you know, uh, I think you liked Semin, if, if I recall from our earlier I love Semin, yeah. And, and, and I'm not, so I'm not knocking a guy. I mean, again, uh, remarkably talented. And, and the, you know, the Caps come up with these guys. Um, but some of them don't stay. And, and there are, you know, whether there are defensive issues, whatever you want to say. But you just, you just mentioned Grabowski, and I, not, to, not to go on about this, but, you know, there's a lot of hand-wringing in, in Leafland when, when Grabowski, you know, was, was not going to be coming back. He ends up in Washington. I know he's had, like, some decent numbers. He's a plus player, which is unlike a lot of the guys on the team, and he's hurt right now. What? First of all, just do you have an injury update? And, uh, it, you know, is he just going to be, you know, talking about one and done? Will he be, you know, one and done in Washington, or is there a role for him in the future? I uh, Grabowski is currently struggling with a high ankle sprain. There's no timeline on his return. Um, when he is playing, he has been one of the best players on the ice. He's been re- really instrumental both on the second and third lines. Uh, he got a lot of offense out of a line next to Jason Shamara and Joel Ward earlier in the season. Really impressive stuff. Uh, yes, he is on a one-year contract, you know, um, sort of as a result of the compliance buyout. I do believe that the Norbert trade uh, and the Marty Erat trade that, that took place on the, the deadline are freeing up space so that the Caps can could uh, give Grabowski the salary he wants for next season. I, I think the team likes him a lot. They're really disappointed by his injury, uh, but he seems to be a very popular player, just as he was in Toronto among the fans, at least. Uh, the, the the other his teammates seem to like him a lot, and I think that uh, he'll probably get his his contract that he's looking for, which will probably be like what a three four five million dollar uh, three four year five million dollar contract somewhere around there. Uh, one more thing just on, and then Michael, you jump in again. I was just going to ask uh, Peter uh, about Green. Um, was was three or four years ago, was he not one of the emerging, you know, certainly offensive, but, but you know, defensemen in hockey, and, uh, and I, I think there were injury factors. I mean, you mentioned, or you sort of said it, not flippantly, but, but you know, going away sort of, the, the team's okay except for its, its crummy defense or words to that effect. I mean... But the, I look at the names, you know, uh, on the blue line, Alsner and, and Carlson and, and Green, and they go, well, they on paper, are, why, are, why are they not a good defense then? Because you've got all the players that I thought you wanted to have, and you've been con- building for years. So yeah. what's the issue? Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. I think it really comes down to the way these players are being coached to play. Uh, that, that said, there's there are some injuries that Mike Green's been struggling with. I mean, he was a, a Norris, Norris finalist, uh, I guess, four years ago. He was barely a snub in the in the Vancouver Olympics four years ago. But since then, he's had concussions. He's had serious groin injuries. He's missed large chunks of seasons. Uh, and he is not the player he used to be, and his contract now is a little bit of an albatross. But what it, what it really comes down to, from my perspective, is that these players are not playing the way that brought them so much success years ago. Uh, for example, uh, they lay back a lot more on the blue line. They're, uh, uh, they, they don't actually 
uh, do like stick checks until we're really below the the um, place off circles. We find that their breakouts are pretty bad. They've got a really dangerous five six using a rookie and Connor Carrick and an often uh, John Erskine who sometimes is injured. Uh, we've got Jack Hillen who missed most of the season due to an injury. Uh, there's there's a lot of weakness at the bottom third of the defense that's causing a lot of trouble. Uh, and overall, I, I think what it really comes down to is the way Cal Johansson and Adam Oates are, are teaching them to play. They're not doing the things that work so great under Boost Boudreau and under Dale Hunter. Uh, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm so skeptical about uh, Adam Oates as a coach now. Oh, I was just going to say, Peter. Yes. I missed, I missed some of that, and I'm not sure if it was just at my end. And, Michael, I'm going to ask, Michael, are you still there? Yeah, I'm... Uh, did you I'm, hear all of that? Because I, I did not, so I don't know if it was just at my end or if I I think it was just... I think, yeah, I think there was just some strange little, uh, some strange little foible of, of, of technology here. Okay, but did you miss it as well, some nope, of what people I was, uh, I, I was I was uh, here and alive for it. Okay, so it's a really good answer. If it helps, it was. It was the best answer we've ever had on the on on the program. So I, I mean, was just I going to say I apologize then if I was babbling throughout because I didn't know Michael and Peter if the if there was an audience that was listening to darkness, um, although only through darkness comes light. I, I'm just I have no idea if that's true. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> but, oh no! Everything's but, everything's fine on this side. Uh, but anyway, so if I was babbling and, and and cutting anybody off, I apologize. But I just wasn't sure what was going on. So what did Peter? So Michael, here's a skill testing question for you. Then help me out. What was Peter saying? Because I was actually quite keen to hear his response about the defensemen and why they've got all this great talent on paper. So in ten seconds, well, actually, ten 20. seconds. You always try to do this ten seconds or ten I'm words. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not that type of guy. I'm not. It's um, just not that kind of guy. I understand. But uh, well, what did Peter say? Essentially, it sounds like uh, some not dissimilar issues to what faces the Leafs. There are a minimum of two guys uh, that are playing probably above their their head right now in in, in a young Carrick and an older Erskine. Um, you also have, I mean, more on more than anything is that is that concussions and injuries have derailed a promising career from from Mike Green. And this is a bit of my own sort of uh, editorial on this one. I think in general. Alsner and Carlson are great, but are they three, four guys, or are they two, three guys? Because they're not—they're definitely not one, two guys. I don't think. They um, used to be. Are, I mean, they were—they were legit one, two, like shutdown defensemen in 2012 and 2013. Something changed this year, and I think it's the way they've been assigned to play. Well, it has to be because it's not that they're 40, and they've yeah. run out of gas. I mean, so this is what. And so, can I come back, and then we'll we'll cut you loose, unless Michael has something deep and probing to ask Peter. Um, it, it's because it's not we're not talking about Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals here. We're talking about a late season game. But I was going back to the coaching. It this is not this not why, but you know I asked about Adam Oates, wonderful player. Not this is his first full season, as you reminded me uh, a few moments ago, behind the Caps bench because last season was the truncated you know short uh, lockout shortened season, etc. But I mean, and sometimes coaches do get better over time. But you clearly have some frustration as a as a cap follower, cap fan, and observer that you know maybe he's not the guy. Whether it's his system, his approach, his relationship with players, something is off because you're describing a lot of guys from Ovechkin to the defenseman that have talent. So either somebody's not playing hard enough, or they're they're balking at the system. Something's off the rails. If if the Caps are and I'm not saying that you guys are out to lunch. You're only you know what is it ten points behind the Leafs and you win tomorrow or eight points behind the Leafs. You win tomorrow. You're within six. Blah blah blah. But something feels like it's off the rails for the talent on paper is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think you're you're right on track. 
if if we go back, you know, to the beginning of the season, we'll see a lot of things that are really suspicious and and sort of build a body of evidence that there's something rotten in the coaching. You could start with, you know, Marty Erat playing on the fourth line, Tom Wilson getting some of the worst def- uh, line mates on the on the team, uh, Alex Ovechkin not really given uh, the 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 goal support that he needs. Uh, you've got Brooks Lake and Troy Brower being paired up for most of the season and having really really bad possession puck possession when they're on there. Uh, you've got some healthy scratches on Dmitry Orlov for basically up until no, uh, like around uh, American Thanksgiving. Uh, you've got um, uh, Eric Fair, who's one of the team's better sort of middle six forwards, getting a scratch as well. There's just a whole lot of stuff that is really suspicious. And, and, and right around maybe it was middle December, there were four players on the Capitals who had requested to leave. And that looks atrocious. And I think a lot of that should be laid at the feet of, of Adam Oates and say, you know, what, what happened here? Why, why was Marty Erat, who by most accounts is a, a good maybe not top six anymore, but a good depth forward. Why, why, did not, why didn't it work out with him? Why did Philip Grubauer get all the starts in December that made the situation so toxic with Michael Neuvert and forcing a trade? What, you know, what, why did Dmitry Orloff not get favored in the early part of the season to the point that he also requested a trade until he got ice time and, and then proved himself you know, worthy of it? What, why did it take 20 games for Troy Brower and Brooks like to be broken up? You can just go on and on, and I'm... I'm Genuine. Why are why are they dumping and chasing so much? Why are they getting outshot regularly all the time? Those are questions that I, I'm sure you know you guys can can put to Carlisle and notice as well. I have no idea what's going on with the team, uh, but I know that something's wrong. And I'd like to see the change made at the head. Well, and you know what? And I, I'll, let me just throw in, and I might have said this last time. I think the problems all started when they when it <laughs> they lost. Uh, was it the Habs and Halak and Halak in the playoffs? And it's like, oh, we got to change everything. And the only reason they lost is because they faced you know a, a guy who was playing unconsciously well in goal. It wasn't that the Capitals played poorly. It was a total and utter fluke. And it's like the franchise has been chasing its tail ever since, saying we've got to be a good defensive team. But as a result, they're neither good offensively or defensively. And they're right in the middle. And to me, they were a fabulous, entertaining, engaging team to watch. I don't know why they ever changed because of one playoff series. It made no sense to me. Am I crazy? I'm probably crazy. That's okay. You and I are, are simpatico. That's that's exactly the way I feel. I wake up every morning and I, I think about you know Game 7 and... and you know, uh, Alex Ovechkin getting eight shots on goal and scoring on none of them, and, and Halak just shutting them down, and then retreating from the kind of style of hockey that made this team great in the first place. I really think they can get back to it. I, I deluded myself into thinking that Adam Oates can make that happen. No. I no longer believe he can. No. Um, Even though I'd like he, to see changes to make it happen. Because people say, oh, he was a great offensive player. Yeah, but that doesn't, they don't always coach the way they, they played, right? That's the thing. Michael, did you well, have anything for Peter before we cut him loose? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say just, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Randy Carlyle won a Norris Trophy. It's not like the Leafs are the best, uh, the best defensive team in the world either. So I yeah, mean, you've noticed. <laughs> and and well, and also I've also noticed how a seven-game series can make you change the identity of the team and not necessarily for the better. But what I want to ask, uh, as I guess a bit of a, a, a as a bit of a, a goodbye, is do you think that the Capitals are going to be a better team this season, or uh, sorry, next season? Than this, or is this something where there's a bit more of a rebuild process or a retooling? that uh, is required for the Capitals to go through to take that step from being, you know, a, 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 a bubble team uh, into actually being a contender. Because I think there's, the, I think a lot of the important pieces are there. When you have the world's best goal scorer, that generally helps. Um, no, I mean, if you know, that generally doesn't hurt. Um, but I think there, there's a lot of the important and good pieces already there and actually signed to reasonable deals. I mean, Alsner and Carlson are... Uh, on pretty reasonable deals. Uh, Kuznetsov will be on a pretty reasonable deal for a few more years. 
Um, where do you think? Like, I guess where do you think you see this team next year? Are they gonna Are they gonna be you know horrible and 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 go and tank for a lottery uh, pick, or are they gonna be, or they're gonna come back and bounce back and be a much better team? What do you expect? I, I think they're much closer to being a playoff team. Uh, next season than it appears right now. Uh, they're you know they're bottom five in a whole lot of stats, uh, PK uh, shots against. There's a lot of stuff that really stinks on the team, but a lot of that comes down to the way these players are executing and the way they're being coached. I I think that George McPhee, for all his faults, has built a good team, and you're absolutely right. He's signed really responsible goalie contracts. His you know top defense are signed to pretty good contracts. He's got a couple really stinkers, bad stinkers on there. And and maybe next year won't be a great season. They still have a number of contracts that are that are going to be coming up then. Um, but two years from now, there's just they're you know one probably one of the top ten best prospect pools in the league. Uh, I think they'll have a, a totally electric young team that if they marshal correctly with good coaching. They can do. They can do fantastic. I think they're closer than it seems. They're not one player away. They're not two players away. But they may be three players plus some system changes away from being just a, a fantastic team that's as fun to watch as they used to be and could legitimately compete for a cup. You know, in, well, in within two seasons. And you, know, you said that I think one of the most important parts, which is fun, the early era Alex Ovechkin Capitals were just incredible to watch. Not because they were going to win. I mean, especially in, in Ovechkin's first season, they weren't. But. Um, it was it was at least exciting and entertaining hockey, and I feel like even that's kind of gone away. And it's it's much more I don't know systemic or methodical to it. There's just something there's some that that creativity is 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 lacking. And I would love to see the Capitals come back again because now they have the more classic early '90s style looking jersey, which uh, you know reminds me of my of my young days. So I uh, I quite I don't know I have a soft spot for the Capitals. I'd like to see them kind of come back and uh, uh, be be relevant because Ovechkin should be in the playoffs and. Uh, it's good for the league if 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 he's in the playoffs and if he's you know being the face of the league too. I I appreciate the notion, but you've thoroughly bummed me out. I apologize. I didn't I didn't mean to, but it's, it's <laughs> if you if you talk to a Leaf fan for long enough, you'll just look inward at your team and feel horrible. Hey, um, I love Phil Kessel. Just want to get that on the record. Yeah. Love Phil Kessel. Good, good. Well, and. And and he's he's become well well loved in in Leafland. Peter, thanks very much. Hey, maybe you guys will bring back uh, Bruce Boudreau someday. Hey, that'd be great. Uh, um, that'd probably be okay. Listen, the Russian machine never breaks. Fabulous website. Thanks for that. Thanks for visiting. Good luck to the Caps. Not tomorrow, but the rest of the way. Peter, you take good care. Thanks, guys. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. So, Michael. Um, We'll we'll start to wind down and and talk a little more Leafs. We said at the outset you reminded me the Leafs are third overall in the East, which is I don't know if it's shocking, um, but it's something. So who's the player? Because we know Fenuf has got the flu. You told me uh, may miss tomorrow. Although these guys, I don't know how they do it. When I have the flu, I sure couldn't play hockey. Um, so we'll see. I, I couldn't play hockey healthy, so I mean. Right no, no, no. I I understood. My me either. Um, but okay, so who who would we miss most at this point? Okay, if if who is the guy that is that the Leafs would miss the most going into a playoff series if they weren't there? And I'll give you some names: Bernier, Feneff, Kessel, Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, and I'll throw in Kadri and Lupul at the end. Okay, which one of those guys? I know this is one of those theoretical useless theoretical questions, but I think you know what I'm getting at. Um, who would be most devastating to the Leafs if they lost them going into a playoff series at this point? I, I'd have to go with Phil Kessel. Uh, you know, I want to say Jonathan Bernier, and we're about to see that because he's going to be out for the next couple of games. 
Um, but I, I'd have to go with Phil Kessel. He has provided... He's been the straw that stirs the drink on the Leafs' top line, and he is a top three player in the league. At least he is this season. Um, losing him, who can you put in there? I mean, yeah, I guess you put Lupo on that line. That's not that's not the same line. I mean, you know, you can't... There's You can... I feel that it's a lot easier to replace a guy like a Joffrey Lupul or a, or a Nazem Kadri than it is a guy like a Phil Kessel. And just it comes down to that. Um, you know, I mean, if he can get, he was so hot in 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 uh, heading up to the Olympics, in the Olympics, even coming out of them, he's been he's been he's been on fire. Um, he goes down. This team is this team is sunk. Uh, you know, in, in in the case of Fanuf, Fanuf is the best of a bad defense score. So losing him would, yeah, make things maybe a bit worse, but how much worse? Losing Bernier, we're going we're gonna to experience, uh, but I don't think, you know, we've got Reimer, who, again, for the four previous years, was the best goaltender that this team had ever seen it look like. Um, so I think that you can shoulder the load. Losing Phil Kessel, there's no, there's no replacement. You can't bring up a Spencer Abbott and have him perform well. You can't bring up a Josh Labo and have him perform anywhere in that realm at all. So uh, I'll go with that. Yeah, no, and it makes sense, and, and I, oh, I can't argue. I mean, but any one of those guys, clearly any good team contending for something serious is going to miss any good player. For a short period of time, you can, you know, plug in and survive. And I, I think, you know, and I wrote about this at my site recently, Michael, I think there's sort of a, a rollover effect. It certainly there would be for Kessel. You just, you can't replace him. You could replace Bozak, but there's a huge effect then on the rest of the lineup. Because if you've got to move Kadri oh. up, he's not really suited to that. I don't believe, despite what his the people who, who you know, I think he's a good player, but I you know I don't think he's so far. I don't think he's a first line player. Um, and and then what's the rollover effect, right? What do you what do you follow up with and stuff? So anyway, that yeah, I think there's a few guys. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Kessel, arguably enough, are the closest to maybe indispensable that that the Leafs are going to have at this point. Um, because I think we're, you know, by the time we do another show, um, we're going to be com- close to playoff time. Yep. And, and we're talking. I, I don't think we're any longer at the, in the, that risk zone. Oh, are the Leafs going to make it? I mean, I think we have to be pretty, uh, not just negative. But, I mean, some terrible things would have to happen. Well, right? maybe terrible, but I mean, they'd have to just win four of their remaining fourteen games. That's yeah. how. I mean that's how simple it becomes. And, well, and and they're not playing that way. When I say by playing, I, I know in any individual game, as I said before, we shake our heads. How did that happen? But listen, they're scoring enough, they're preventing enough, they're getting enough this, that, and the other. You know, um, to borrow a Seinfeld line, I, look, they're doing enough to win games. And if they're third in the East with 14 games to go, I'm not saying they couldn't only win four to 14. But th- that's not what the you know, the, oh, the trend no. I mean, odds, to odds, odds makers, odds makers, and lay people alike should should be expecting the Leafs to be in the playoffs. And this year. is my point. So at this at this juncture, and I think you know, we were talking about with Declan before the show. Um, who are the Leafs afraid of then? I don't think they're afraid of anyone. They almost beat Boston a year ago. I don't think Boston is as good. I know they're on a streak right now, but that changes. Like three weeks from now, they could be struggling to score goals, have a lousy power play, whatever. Right? These things come and go. Uh, like if we got to play St. Louis someday. You know, in the well, finals, I mean, that would make me go. Eh, that might not be. Well. A, that would that that would that'd be a series that would end in three games. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, can, I mean, can you play less than four? That's right. Yeah, exactly. But well, just because they grind you down, right? I mean, they all they all check, they all do their job. It, I, mean, it, I think I think we the, wouldn't the, like that. No, and I think the Blues' fourth line is probably better than our third line. 
I mean, well, it's, you know, just, it's just... this is they're well coached, and anyway, the whole the whole shoot and match, right? I, and although, as you said before the show, uh, they haven't done it in the playoffs yet. No, they they haven't yet. They're but they should. They're due. <laughs> they're due. I was actually reading um, an article, and I can't remember uh, who it was by, but uh, it was talking about the Nashville Predators and how they were successful for so many years, making the playoffs, making the playoffs that they could play a style and brand of hockey that on the at like that on average would turn you into a playoff team, but that they could never go anywhere with it because they just didn't have enough of the talent. St. Louis seems to be a team that has way more talent. Much, much more talent, and yet seems to play in that similar fashion. Like they have been dominant, sure, this season. But I'm, you know, I'm not. I don't think that they're, uh, you know, I, I don't think that they are are, are impervious. I, uh, I, I would easily see, you know, if they get matched up against a team like the Los Angeles Kings, or if they any really any team from California, they could be knocked out just as quickly. I, uh, oh, I, yeah, I feel... they, they, I'm sure they have their kryptonite. I just think if the Leafs were to play a team like that, we wouldn't like it much. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't think the Leafs would like the idea of that much attention being paid to each one of them, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Now, um, it, it, it's We prefer when the other team kind of, I don't know, wants a lot of skate and stuff. Um, and, and they wouldn't, and, and you can imagine it, no Hitchcock, Hitchcock team is going to want to have any skating, the opposition skating at all. No, one, so there's, there's not usually a lot of, I remember the old Flyer Leaf series in, in mm -hmm. the Quinn-Hitchcock era, I mean, whoever would survive, I mean, normally could not go much further because it was so hard just to get through that yeah, series. Yeah, you know, attrition, attrition would take its toll. I yeah. wanted to go back to your point, though. You were saying that the Leafs shouldn't really be afraid of anybody, or that, or that you, in your opinion, you don't feel that the Leafs should be really afraid of anyone. In the East. In the, in East. the East. In the East. That's where I, I actually have to disagree. There's two teams, and I still maintain these two teams are are uh, they're not the class of the East in in one case, but uh, at least the Boston Bruins. I think the Bruins. It. I don't think it favors the Leafs if they if they match up against the Bruins. I've been so glad that they've actually come on strong and gotten out of the wild card spot. Yes. Because because I don't because I want to see the Leafs make the second round. And yes. I think if they play I and I think if they play a team like a Montreal or um you know certainly uh, uh if Columbus gets in that might be uh that might be pretty doable. I think if they were matched up against Pittsburgh they could take them. Um but the Bruins just give me nightmares. They have too many great players who have been there far too many times before. Yeah. Um yeah. and That's then the true. other and the other issues I still think I still think the New York Rangers are a criminally underrated team, um, and and you know they they made a huge splash in acquiring Marty San Luis, who is again a, you know a Cup winner. Same to go with Brad Richards. They can have a line of just you know former Canadian Olympian slash Cup winners on and you know on 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 their uh, on on their top line if they wanted to. Um, there's a lot to worry about and be concerned about. Uh, and I think and they and the Leafs play horribly. The Leafs get blown out. I say I, I don't know have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess that the Leafs get blown out by the Rangers more than any other team. Uh, they just match up so poorly. Well, it's what's it's interesting. You mentioned St. Louis um, and and Brad Richards, and it's uh, you know they'd both be motivated because well I don't know for a whole bunch of reasons they're professionals and they're really really good. Uh, that's enough. But but the fact is a year ago it looked like under Tortorella that Richards was going to be bought out. Right, wouldn't even be back in New York. St. Louis, for reasons that we'll never understand. I don't think we'll ever get the full story. Why captain, power play, m points, minutes, everything, he, lots of money, everything he ever wanted, and he wanted out. 
uh, in Tampa Bay. So, you know, go figure. But I'm just saying, yeah, they, they both be motivated. My only point there is the Rangers haven't done it consistently yet. They have not consistently been a really, really strong team this year. So, you know, maybe if they get hot, yeah, they'd be a dangerous and, and a you know veteran team and some good young talent too. They do have some good young talent, but um, and Lundqvist is a wild card, right? If he plays like he can, then that's a he's he's awfully good. You know, it's strange. Henrik Lundqvist, despite the fact that he might be one of the best goaltenders in the league, he sure doesn't instill confidence. Um, people have spoken well about him, but I feel like not in a couple of years. I, you know, Lundqvist is 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 a is you know the second his his deal was signed, everyone was saying, "Wow, that's way too much. You should never be spending this much on a goalie at this age and, and all of this." Um, I mean, I think I think uh, Lundqvist and, and then their backup, even Cam Talbot, are the last of are the last of the problems in uh, uh, in New York. I mean, I think that they just don't have. I think again, they lack defense. But uh, um, no, I think I think their goaltending is fine. I've actually been uh, given some uh, some interesting statistics. Uh, Declan brought some up. Uh, it, it, it turns out the Leafs have certainly lost some games uh, to the Rangers, um, but they've also won a couple. And there is most notably, probably the reason why I think uh, that they always get blown out is that on January 4th of this year, uh, the Rangers destroyed the Leafs 7-1. Um, and so that was that is part of why but I want that, to see the Maybe that one is standing out. Well, you know what? Yeah. My point in all this is that I think the Leafs can compete with anybody in the East, and I'm and that's not just looking at things. I don't think through leaf-colored eyes because I'm more than happy, you know, if I see a problem with this team, I, you know, I, I, at this point in my life, you know, the the illusion is gone. Um, you know, I've been way, you know, I remember the Stanley Cups. I was well alive and and have written about it. What I remember from the '60s, but it's like, you know, it's 45 plus years. So, but I'm just saying, given the East. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, your comment. I think your knows? comment stands. Who knows? I think your comment stands because really, the East is. I mean, it, it just turns out that the eight best teams in the league are all in the West. I mean, that just yeah, just, pretty much, and maybe now, maybe ten. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, exactly, exactly. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's, ten. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, I I respect the Bruins. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just think that it's one of those that any given, like in football, any given Sunday. And I think if the, the Leafs get into a playoff series, I mean, who expected them to beat Boston last year? And they really, they did. And and I they still did. believe they, they did. Yeah, they did. And, they, yeah. and, and um, it was a bizarre ending. But in any event, so listen, Michael, um, why don't we leave it there? I don't think there's anything that is, is shocking or, or whatever. But I, if, if we're back at this, and hopefully we will, because I get some notes. I'm sure you do. People say, hey, we'd love to hear more Hangouts. So hopefully we can deliver some down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, because this is the best time of the year. Like for me, not only weather-wise, those of us in the Toronto area, not everybody listening is, but in our area, it's great. The weather, the good weather is finally going to hit after an 18-month winter, uh, and this is when hockey matters, right? The last couple yeah. weeks of the regular season and, of course, the, the the run to the Cup. So, Well, and the stretch drive, the stretch drive is always so much fun. I mean, just as a, yep. uh, you know, I always like seeing when you find out a team's magic number, NL4, or their death number, right, about yep. how many more points... How many points do they need, or how many points can they give away and still make a playoff spot? It becomes, you know, Columbus is going to be an exciting team for me. Washington's going to be an exciting team for me because I like, I don't know, that's that's the uh, the fun part of uh, of sports is seeing who's in, who's not, and what can well, you, you know. Totally agree. Well, that's why you know everybody's excited in who follows college basketball. You know, the the 65 teams who are going to emerge and play in the you know in March Madness, etc. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's a ton of fun. Anyway, listen, Michael. Good to catch up with you again. 
Uh, and thanks to every, thanks to our guest uh, from the Russian machine never breaks. Peter Hassett, he was great again as he has been in the past when he's visited because we did we visited with Peter because we have the big matchup, the Leafs and the Caps, uh, in Washington tomorrow mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon. That's a that's a big game for Toronto and 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 then they go to Detroit, which should be a fun game as well. I'm looking actually looking. I don't want to look past Washington, but I'm looking forward to the matchup. I know the the Wings are are the walking wing wounded wings right now. With Zetterberg gone and Datsuk still still out, but uh, it'll still be a fun matchup. I think Tuesday night as well. Well, and I mean, I I've how do you not like Detroit? I, I've been then again, I was actually at the Winter Classic, and so I got to see the whole thing, and, and that was really huge. But uh, I mean, Toronto and Detroit matchups are, are are great, and as somebody who spent a lot of time in Windsor, I'm looking forward to that. What I'm also looking forward to is the Leafs might be able to end two teams' playoff. Uh, you know, playoff chances in consecutive games. I mean, if they go in and beat the Capitals tomorrow, if there was any any doubt, then it's then it's 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 it's, it's certain at that point. I mean, they'll be have they'll only have 13 games to try to, to to climb back in, and they could do a similar thing to the Red Wings, who, in spite of their injuries and in spite of all the issues, are actually just one point ahead of the Capitals in ninth place. Um, but uh, no, I think we, this is this uh, Sunday and Tuesday have a, a gigantic opportunity for the Leafs to, you know, play uh, play a spoiler. Well, and repercussions is a word people like to use in sports. These games have repercussions in they the do. standings, and it would be something. I'll end with this thought: it would be something for the Red Wings not to be in the playoffs. Uh, there are people probably listening to this show, or who will, uh, who will not remember the Red Wings mm -hmm. not making the playoffs. Right. I would hope. Well, I would hope that we have enough. You know, that we have enough demographics that there'd be a good portion of people who weren't even born. I mean, you know, that, yeah. uh, the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah, because it, it's been a while ago. Anyway, as I said, Michael, it's great to catch up as always. Uh, big game tomorrow and Tuesday night as well. And thank you for listening. This has been what? Remind me. This has been twenty-four. Uh, 25, I want to say. Well, 25, 24, 25. Well, does it really matter? Declan will, when he puts it up, he'll he'll remind, he'll get the right the number right. He'll whether, he'll correct whether, us exactly. Whether we know it as or whether we know it or not. Anyway, listen, we'll talk to you next time. And everybody out there, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Maple Leaf Hangout. My name is Michael Langlois. Michael Stevens, you take good care. We'll catch everybody next time. Go Leafs, go. <laughs> Indeed.